Good evening, Agile Acquisition Enthusiasts, and welcome back to the Underground Digital Tiki Bar. It's Friday night, and that means it's time for another episode of Agile Acquisitions and Alcohol. Cheers. All right, before we dive into the exciting world of commercial contracting, please go ahead right now, take a second and click the subscribe button below. It's really important. Not only will you get notified when new content is available, but also it lets me know that there's more people interested in these videos, which means I will spend more time making them. Also, give me a thumbs up if you're liking these videos and leave comments below, ask questions, make suggestions for new topics. I'm always happy to make videos on whatever you're interested in learning about. So what is commercial contracting? Well, I'm gonna unpack what commercial contracting is, what it can do for you, and how to take advantage of it. You may have heard this term thrown around, maybe you haven't, but commercial contracting in the federal government is a really a big deal right now. When you think about most of what the federal government's doing, it's commercial contracting. It's commercial contracting. When we talk about Agile's momentum in the federal government, and think about where the idea came from. Agile development is a commercial practice. When you're buying Agile development services, you are definitely buying Agile services. First, you have to understand what it is. Commercial contracting is found in the Federal Acquisition Regulations, FAR Part 12. FAR Part 12 gives you all of the ideas of, of how you're supposed to use commercial contracting and how it differentiates from other types of government contracting. Most notably, the types of clauses that are required in commercial contracting are intended to be more like what industry would be used to when they're dealing in the commercial private sector. And thereby, you're making it a little bit easier for companies that are kind of on the fence of doing business with the federal government to make that leap and bring their services or products to us so we have more access. Okay, so commercial contracting makes the clauses a little bit easier to work with. They also limit things like contract type. They typically recommend only using fixed price and time and material. Why does that matter? Well, if you're a traditional government contractor, you may have invested the time and money into getting a certified cost accounting system. Certified, certified cost accounting system. And this is where the government actually looks at your accounting system, deems it appropriate for having cost type contracts, meaning you will receive all costs that are allowable, allocable, and reasonable under a cost reimbursable contract. See FAR Part 16. Under fixed price and time and material contracts, that's not necessary. So when you limit the contract type to fixed price and time and material, you again make it easier for companies that don't traditionally build their business around government service or products uh, to be able to enter the competitive environment. Additionally, commercial contracts is going to have a standardized set of clauses, as I mentioned before, but these standard set of clauses are gonna make it a lot easier to negotiate with the vendors because there's a lot less of them and they're a lot more forgiving. Okay, now that we know what commercial contracting is, how can we use it? Well, one way to use it, and a great way to use it in fact, is under FAR 13.5, which is Simplified Acquisition Procedures for Commercial Contracting. And you can use it up to $7 million. You can buy a lot of commercial services or products for $7 million. Now I know when we're looking at traditional waterfall contracts, we typically think, 300 million, 500 million dollars, that ought to get you your you know, first delivery. But when we walk our way into this iterative development, seven million dollars is a lot. I mean, if you just look at an agile development team of 
12 people with, you know, just say fully burdened 250K a person, 12 months would get you about $3 million. You give it back on the napkin, right? That could go up or down depending on the environment. So you're essentially looking at two years, maybe three years of agile development services with one full team and 12 is a lot of people. Not all, not all development teams are 12 people. You could even have a slightly smaller team with some you know, support staff around it as well. So $7 million is a pretty high threshold to be able to experiment it. What does it get you? When you're in simplified acquisition procedures, you get a lot, lot, lot. You get the ability to innovate your acquisition and solicitation and selection approach. You get the ability to potentially narrow down your competitive pool via market research where you're not necessarily going through the government point of entry. This would allow you to restrict your acquisition to vendors that are highly capable of solving your needs. This could speed up your acquisition process. It also gives you the ability to experiment with a lot of the same stuff we see in other transactions, down selection processes, uh, white papers, uh, in-person discussions. You can use tech challenges. You can use all sorts of creative uh, self-scoring methodologies. All of these things that are being experimented in various places, you have a lot more flexibility to try them under simplified acquisition procedures. So what does that mean to you? It means if you're on the government side and you're looking to buy something, you need to ask yourself, is what you're trying to buy, whether it's a service or a product or a repeatable process for the delivery of functional product perhaps, is that offered in the private market? Is that something that you can make a defensible justification that it's a commercial service or product? If it is, you should definitely consider it. You're gonna have a much simpler way of evaluating. You're gonna have a much simpler negotiation. You have access to a simplified acquisition process. So you potentially can streamline your acquisition to make it much more efficient. So if you're on the government side, you wanna make that decision and then go down that path and then decide is your ceiling at the right level? You know, Maybe you don't actually need to start off with your $300 million purchase. Maybe you can start with just acquiring the minimum viable product, some iterations after that, and build a functional or operational prototype which will better influence the next phases. You may realize that most of that functionality that you were going to put in there, you never actually need it. Uh, so from a government perspective, think of scaling down the requirement so you can get under that simplified acquisition threshold and take advantage of it. If you're on the industry side, what does commercial mean to you? Well, commercial means knowing when these things are available getting on these lists so you're included you know, via these market research opportunities. So when government's coming out and saying they're considering these things, you wanna get out in front of them and let them know you're interested, you have the capabilities, assuming you do, and what you can bring to bear. You wanna make sure that you're influencing when you're talking to government stakeholders and they're asking for your advice, whether it's at an industry day, an RFI, whether you're at a meet and greet event and these topics come up, you wanna push government towards this. Let them know that these opportunities are out there because not everybody lives inside the FAR. They don't always know about all the functionalities that they can. And not every contracting office throws up these opportunities. They sometimes will just acquire exactly what's brought to them. So putting this in front of your government counterparts and letting them know that this is an opportunity they could take advantage of will both keep you in their mind for when they might actually do it. And even if not, it'll simply just make the whole ecosystem a little bit better by more groups taking advantage of it. So there you have it. That's commercial contracting, FAR Part 12, simplified acquisition for commercial contracting under FAR 13.5. Um, this is what it is, how you can use it, and, and what it means to you. I hope you found this video interesting. I hope you take advantage of it, most importantly. I hope you keep innovating. innovating. And until next week, cheers.